Oh yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. And we are back. Um, for the first time in a long time with a brand new episode of Man Crush Mondays. First and foremost, we'd like to say, um, sorry for leaving you hanging. Um <laughs> It's been a while. (laughs) Yes, it's been a while. We're we're a group of busy individuals. This is another episode where we will be missing one of the three. Um, Pete is still out trying to save the world one camera click at a time. But we do have a guest to fill his shoes. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce myself as African as Joe. (laughs) I am by Coastal Rome. And I am Sakita Holly. A.K.A. Miss Success. Miss Success, the the PR guru. I mean, don't gas it. <laughs> nah, nah, no gas. No Sunoco, no BP okay. Connect. Okay. Like, this is the PR person that you folks need to know, but just don't know that you need to know her. Okay, I'll go with All that. Right. So um, let's start out, keep it simple. Um, Since I said a lot of people don't know that they need to know you, let's start out by asking you, what do you do? Like, Like, give us an idea of what it is that you do. Okay, I'll give the the short answer, some background. I am the founder and CEO of House of Success PR. It's a PR firm where I primarily work with beauty and lifestyle brands, helping them tell their story, build their brand, and in some cases, even get started. Uh, And I'm also the host of a podcast and editor of a site called Hashtags and Stilettos, which is designed to help millennial women win at work and everywhere in between. That's dope. Did you hear the way that flowed? Yeah, that was like that was perfect. I can't even say my full name that smooth. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, That's funny. All right, so now that we know what you do, ma'am, mm-hmm. it's on to the to the, to the nitty gritty. Like, how'd you get started in your field? That's a a good question, and I wish I had like a straightforward answer because I went to Howard University and when I was at Howard, my initial major was pre-med and my minor was PR because I thought that I was going to be an OBGYN, but the type of OBGYN that's like nationally nationally known, it gets quoted in all these magazines and the newspaper. So my minor was PR so that I could understand that side of the business. Makes sense. But at some point, probably in one of those chemistry classes I was just like you know what I don't think I don't think I want to do this um but I went to my advisor and we kind of looked up the med school entrance requirements and that's when I saw oh I don't have to be a pre-med major to get into med school I just have to have like the minimum course requirements so in my mind I was like let me just switch to PR and if I still want to go the OBGYN route I can just you know take the whatever those minimum classes are but as soon as I switched, that was kind of it. Like, I, I just decided to stay that course. And I, like, went to the library, got all these PR books, and just started reading about the field, getting internships. And I just never looked back. Like, that was just how I jumped into it. And I think a lot of the skills required in PR, like being persuasive, being, you know, some somewhat strategic and creative were natural to me. So it was it was really a natural fit. And then after I started interning, I was just like, I'm definitely gonna pursue this. That makes sense. That's awesome. Um, if you don't mind me asking, who was your most memorable um, PR? Um, I'm sorry, PR um, intern situation. Like, who was the most memorable person that you interned for? 
That's a great question. And I would say, hmm, all of my internships weren't memorable, but I would say definitely the first one because, and that was with Jade Dressler Communications in New York. And that was because it was a small four person firm. So after working for her, that's when I knew for sure that I was going to have my own business. And then I went to to work at Ogilvy, which is a global firm. And then I would say the most memorable would be Marvette Brito, because she's a black woman who was super successful. Um, And I found her actually when I started doing PR because she was Foxy Brown's publicist, like when Foxy Brown was huge. She also worked with like Kim Cattrall, Mariah Carey. I mean, the who's who. Um, And the fact that there was this black woman who was super successful in the field um, and that I got to basically shadow her, um, I would say that is the most memorable. Okay, that makes perfectly good sense. But I think you kind of aged yourself when you said Foxy Brown. I I didn't work for her when she was working for Foxy Brown, but that's when I came to know her. Because I, I am a huge fan of Foxy Brown, and I remember seeing a picture of them at Fashion Week. But, you know, you n- normally see celebrities in the front row, but Foxy was sitting next to this other black lady, and I was like, who is that? And that's when I kind of did some research, looked her up, and was like, oh, I have to know this woman. Yeah. I have a friend who was actually her, um, her personal assistant for a while. Like, she was a big deal. She, like, she, I think she was like the... She basically did like the PR for Anguilla or something like that. I forgot what, um, what island she did. Yeah, she she actually still works with them. Yeah, it's so like, crazy. That's uh, a small world. All these like my friend was literally flying out with her to go to Anguilla and brought out like everybody, like Rick Ross, everybody like privately to come out there do these like things, mm-hmm. stuff like that. She's like she's been in the game for so long. Like that's one name that like. You gotta know if you're in PR. Rings bells for sure. Like she's definitely been in the game for like 20 years now at this point. Yeah. So pretty much you came up under the OG. I, you know, I had a chance to work with her. I'm still in touch with her too. Like she's definitely somebody that I just look to as just an example. Um, that's one blueprint of success for me. That makes perfect sense, and that statement in itself um, says a lot that you're still in touch with her, because. Um, we're not going to go into the year that you graduated or anything of that nature, but you are now your I'm not own. that old, Joe. Stop. No, I'm not saying you're old, but it's You're nobody business. 20, or yeah. Mid-20s, something like that. Yeah, it's nobody's business, but it's, it's a good example of keeping in contact with the people that matter. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like how that could be important for the development of your like of your pretty much personal development and business development because if you don't have the right people in your corner when you hit a tough patch or a rough patch and you don't know where to go right you're asking a bunch of other people that don't know where to go y'all both just gonna be a bunch of not knowing where to go people like right i think that's an issue that a lot of people kind of run into because they view networking as trans as purely transactional and not like this ecosystem that you take with you everywhere you go and that you have to feed into so that it can thrive. Like people go get a job and then as soon as they leave, as soon as it serves its purpose, they never contact those people or talk to those people again. And it's like, and if they do, it's because they think they can help them in the future. But for mm-hmm. me, it's like, if you're amazing, if you're dope, I definitely want to know you and I need you to know me back because that's another part that people miss. But it's just so that these people, you know, not 
for you to ask them for anything, but for you, it, it just enriches your life to have a, a network that is thriving with people actually making moves. I get that. And I, I have to be completely honest. I'm guilty of it. Mm-hmm. I, I meet so many like cool and inspiring people on a regular basis. And I always happen to fall out of touch, mm. not necessarily on purpose, but because big confession here, I'm somewhat of an introvert. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm social when I have to be or when I want to be. But a lot of the times I like to just be left to my own devices. Mm-hmm. And um, if I don't know, man, it's, it's tough. We're, I'm at, we're like, very similar, though, yeah, in, in that regard. In my, in my current job, actually, um, I met this gentleman. This gentleman came into the store. Some of you may know, um, I'm currently still working for Apple at the moment. This gentleman came into the store, and he was, like, flipping his shit. Like, he was pissed at the fact that um, his wife ordered a phone online. It wasn't ready to be picked up. And um, he was just like, I want my wife's shit to be working now. He's cursing out all the managers. Nobody knows how to handle this guy. It's an older Jewish guy. Um, so I woke up and I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, are you going to make this shit work? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, let's start over. I'm Joe. He's like, you don't need to know my name. I was like, all right, well, Mr. No Name. Let's go over the steps that we're taking so I can try to help you work it out. Push come to shove. We were having this conversation for about an hour. And he stops and he goes, yo, man, I was being a dickhead. I'm sorry. Well, when my wife is yelling at me. I'm yelling at whoever's making um, her yell at me. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to come back 48 hours later because it was a hold on his account. Turns out he comes back and he ha- tries to hand me a Louis Vuitton co- card holder. Wow. So now I'm wow. looking like, why is this old man trying to give me gifts? I'm not sure what these folks are into. Mr. No, thank you. I can't take gifts. It's against our gifting policy. Mm-hmm. So he says, you know what? Here goes my business card. Call me Call me for anything. I took his business card, put it in my pocket, didn't even, didn't even bother I leave work that day, and he's sitting outside the employee entrance in a Maybach. Oh, okay. Where to everything I left. He's sitting outside the employee <laughs> entrance right. in a Maybach. This dude is about 75 years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Mr. Gold, what's going on? Um, everything okay? He was like, come with me. You can't take gifts, but that doesn't mean that I cannot treat you to something. Oh. So now I'm skeptical. I'm looking at the driver, yeah, making sure. That, I don't know how this about to end. <laughs> it's not like he's about to take you down. Like, the hell? <laughs> right. Like, he's trying to take me out. Like, who do you think you're talking to? So I get in the car, and the, and the phone is still in the car. So he sat outside in his car with his driver for two hours. He's like, I got to take this phone to my wife at the apartment, and then I'm going to take you for a drink. I'm like, um, okay. He's like, where do you live? Do you live in Brooklyn? Do you live uptown? I was like, no, nah, I live uptown in the Bronx. He's like, okay. That's on the way. Um, he's like, um, where, where we're going right now is on the way to the Bronx. Mm-hmm. He starts driving. You know what? You want to know what this man's fucking apartment was? The man lived in a residential suite at the Waldorf Astoria. Of course you know? he did. He, he stops and drops me off at the bar in the lobby. And he's like, this bar isn't open yet. They open in 15 minutes. Pour this guy a Glenlivet 25. <laughs> and I'm just like, did this nigga just say Glenlivet 25? That's like a $30, $40 drink. Mm-hmm. So when he goes upstairs to hand his wife the phone, I pull a card out of, out of my pocket. This guy is the executive vice president of J.P. Morgan and Chase. Oh, wow. Um, he sits there and he's three or four rounds of drinks and he's still he's just trying to hand me money. And I'm like, no, thank you. That's part of the job. I, I won't take any gifts. Mm-hmm. So he says, you still have my business card? Said, yeah. He goes, you got one 
you got one call. Anything you want, just pick up the phone to call me. Did you, I thought about this shit the other day. Could you believe that I actually lost that fucking business card? You're and, bugging. And you don't I remember the, the name? I know his name. His name is Nathan Gold. Oh, then so that's what... What, oh. are you, what are you doing? The reason why this came you to mind. You better brainstorm something. To have... No, the reason why this came to mind is because, like, me and Rome on our previous episode, we discussed how I was trying to make my way out of the everyday nine to five mm-hmm. situation. So I, I, I'm formulating a plan and it involves Mr. Gold. I'll be in touch with him really soon. When yeah. is really, no, no, no. Cause see, you got the right one now. When is really <laughs> soon? Before June of next year. Be- June? What? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you gonna say January. I thought he was gonna say before Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna give him that much credit. I was like, at least. At least January. No, we are about to do this. You just Man, told listen. that whole story, and you don't have a. Come when on that, now. When did that story happen? For one, I forgot. When did you say? Um, this was like a year and a half ago. A I'm year- out. I am out. All right, guys, this is the end of the um, podcast because Joe is bugging. <laughs> and this a is year what I'm and a half ago. He's not saying. looking at his blessings. I meet so many amazing people that I should keep in touch with. And because of, I guess, this this um character flaw, I don't, Rome knows, I don't like to ask people for shit. Okay. So, nah. So you're about to get homework. We about okay. to stop the interview. You're about to get homework right now. It's been okay, a year smoke. and a half okay. since you've spoken to him. Now, here's the thing. As you were talking, I was like, I need to email Nathan because <laughs> I need to ask him for a couple things. But no, you need to email him before the sun sets tomorrow. And how do you find his email address? Very simply. Like JP Morgan Chase's website, go to the press room, the media room, wherever they put their press releases. Whoever the PR person, their email address will be there. Everyone else's email in that company will be that same format. So if it's first name, last name, then Nathan's email is first name, last name at JP Morgan Chase. Whatever that, whatever that formula is, that's how you find his email. And you email him a nice little, ho- you don't ask for anything, but just refresh his memory and, right. and say happy holidays. You know, I thought of you when I was recording an episode of my podcast and I told the story of how we met and I wanted to get back in touch. That's it. Right. And then can, stay in touch. And then stay in touch. Can you do I, that? Yeah. I can do that. Um, okay. <laughs> if, I was about to say, if you couldn't, I was about to hang right up. Happy Martin Luther <laughs> King's Day. You got to say, keep in touch for every damn, damn holiday until you figure out a plan of how you can. Something. Send, and then when it's people like that where you, you don't know what you want to ask for, that's what I mentioned before. It's not always about the transaction. It's not always about getting something. If you see all, there's a lot of economic news going on, look up his position, send him articles that may be of interest to him. Like, see what his interests are outside of his normal job. Like, is he interested in technology? Obviously, given your role and your expertise at Apple, you can say, hey, does your wife need to come in and learn about new features? I mean, there's a million different ways that you can nurture that relationship that doesn't involve you saying, hey, can I get $50,000 or whatever the case, or can you give me a job? It's like, nurture your network. Don't just ask for shit. You just said nurture your network. Yeah. I, I'm writing that down. That's that's, that's amazing. Hashtag nurture your network. Yeah. Hashtag nurture your you network. You gotta just build that relationship to the point where it's like second nature and then you'll you know what I mean? Then then it'll be so comfortable that when you ask for something, it won't seem like a ass. It'll seem like a help type shit. 
And it's like when you when you're nurturing these relationships, people have no issue with helping you or giving you something. And that's what you did in the first place when you met him. He wanted to extend a favor to you because you helped him. Right. To you know what? Y'all are absolutely right. I can't even like there's no there's no defense. And like I said in my confession, <clears throat> I know that there I can't even tell y'all go through the list in the past three years while being at Apple. The people that I've met and they just have like left pretty much the door open, like, yo, whatever you need, just let me right. know. Right. You're in a perfect position to network with the people because these people like I know like I know. Have you seen like Casey Neistat in there yet? Because I know he goes no, in there Casey all the time. Casey comes in there every other week. That's what I'm saying. Like that's another person. Like you know, what I mean, those. If he going in there, if this dude from JP Morgan is going in there, like you, you must be seeing Hello? a way. A mm-hmm. lot. You need to connect with them. You need to do something. You need to find a plan. I remember I went to B and H, and I went there to go buy a um, a hard case, um, this Pelican case, and I met a guy that was a DP for Power. He came. He came out here. And he was like on some, I um, you know, I shoot for the show. You might have heard of it. It's called Power. I'm like, what the hell? Like, but he's like, this is someone that I want to be with because that's the position I'm trying to be in. And I met him, met contact with him, and then the girl who sold me the case, she was an upcoming photographer, and she worked at BNH, and she got my contact, got his contact, and we're still all in contact. Like she's trying to be a photographer, and I've been helping her grind and, and get to her 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 status and everything like that. You end up, you have you have to take advantage of these things, yo, because it's it's getting put right into you. You might not like your job like that, but you you got to use it for what you what you can right now. The leverage, right? Until you can get up out of there, because I know you want to get out there, you want to do your own thing, but you got to use this stuff and 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 plan and and try to get yourself out of it, out of the situation, so you can be that person, so you can so you can be the plug, right. <laughs> Where the hell is Joe? <laughs> I think we may have lost him. Yeah, sorry for the technical difficulties. Joe's recording on a sidekick. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know how the Bronx do. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> oh, so y'all, so y'all just going to continue to try to jump me. I mean, considering that we are recording from three different places right now, right. I think that's pretty damn dope. It's really dope. I so, like so, so if the internet is unstable at some point, I think that's fine. No, that's dope. I love but, it. Um, yeah. So um, back to to leave off where we was at. Um, y'all was do like, better. That's where yeah, we were. That's the that's the that's the name of the game, though. Why you think? Why do you think I reached out to you and was like, "Yo, do you want to come on this podcast?" Because you wanted to punish yourself. I'm not sure. Exactly. It's not punishment. Do you think that this okay. information I'm receiving is punishment? Do you think that? The, the information that I'm, that we're gathering here and providing for our listeners is punishment? No, this is amazing. Not to it's, mention... People got to do the work, though. Oh, of course. Because just like... like We don't even have to go too far into it, Miss Holly, but um, there are some things that you're working on as well. You've been given homework. I've given myself homework. Oh, okay. We'll leave it at that. That's fine. That's the safe route. That, that's fine. <laughs> we'll... we'll... <laughs> Um, we'll talk about it later. This is for off the record conversation. I, I, I have some homework I gotta do myself too. Right, gonna be better. So, um, back to the back to the path that we were on. Um, what has been the hardest part in being an entrepreneur, like for yourself, Miss Holly? Hmm. That's a great question. In any day of the week, I could probably say a hundred different things, but I think overall. 
the biggest challenge with being an entrepreneur is the loneliness of it. Because no matter how many friends you have, no matter how many family members you have, and they could all be in your face all day or they could work with you, no one will ever understand the pressure that you face as an entrepreneur because you have to eat what you kill. Like everybody else that is employed with a, you know, has a nine to five or whatever the case may be, they can set their watch to when they're going to get paid, when they're going to pay bills, when they're going to do anything, they can easily set their watch to it. But when you're an entrepreneur, if you don't get up and, and do the work, you're not going to eat, you're not going to get paid. And all the, you don't never, you don't really know when your money is coming sometimes when you first start your business. I know that's how it was with me. Um, but now I have better clients, but I just think the loneliness of it and the fact that when you have a nine to five at four forty five, you can kind of flip a mental switch in your head. You can go and decompress. But when you're an entrepreneur, that never there is no off switch. You're constantly thinking of ways like how what can I be doing better? How did I F up today? You know, what did my employees do wrong? How can I make more money? I want to, you know, expand the business, but I can't. I mean, there's just a million thoughts running through your mind all the time. So that's the biggest challenge, the loneliness of it and managing that mental pressure. Yeah, that's very true. Like, even like with me, like I have like, I literally have post-its of like to-do things. Mm -hmm. I have like post-its for to-do and I have post-its of like personal things. Like, so I have like a rebrand. I have like stuff that I need to do photo-wise, like, like emulate photos, set up photo shoots, do commercial specs, make a director's reel, like things that basically will keep me afloat. You know, like we all, I make money, you know, entrepreneur, if you're like, we're successful, mm-hmm. you know, make our money, but we want to, you know, just keep, to make sure that there's still money in our pocket all the time. And the work is never done, and basically. It's never done. You never stop, you can never stop learning. Like I'm on photography blocks every morning. Like every morning I wake up, in Cali, it's like I wake up. I have like a, a routine. I wake up, come to my computer. I click onto like a few photography blogs that I go to see what's new, what's the new gadget, what's the new way to edit, what's the new piece of software. Then I go see like my daily blogs, and I start going through email. Then I start, you know, just doing things. But and that's every day because you can always there's always something new you can learn. There's always new people you can, you can learn from. There's always right. new contacts that you can like follow and you know be inspired by. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people really don't know that. Like they feel like it's just like a, it's like a, it's like a, it is kind of luck. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you have to, it's a lot of patience. There's a lot of like perseverance. Like you have to go hard all the time. Like right. it's not a, it's not a nine to five. It's like I was up until like two o'clock in the morning editing jobs for, you know, for a, a major brand. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's like all day. Mm-hmm. And that's what people got to understand is like, you know, you gotta put in, you gotta put in your work to get the get the the outcome. Right, and, and that's the sorry, that's the hardest thing for me right now. That's why, and I know y'all about to try to jump back in on me, but that's fine. That's why um, I've had the problem letting go of my day job because the like you said, the loneliness of it all and the 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 lack of structure. You know what I mean in terms of structured pay, mm-hmm. in terms of people coming to you and being like, hey, I had somebody reach out to me recently. I was like, listen, we got this um, this whole, like, what is it, like a documentary thing we want to do with June, June Ambrose and a couple of um, artists. Um, we want you to shoot for four days straight. We want to know what your rate is. And now I'm like, okay, yeah, I could give you a rate for four days straight. And off the top of my head, I'm like, all right, I'm going to give them a day rate. 
and everything is going to work out. We're going to rock out. I'm going to make sure I got the time available. And whenever I get things like this, because video is not my my my, my go-to, Rome is more of the video guy, and, I, and I'm the photography guy, I hit Rome. Like, yo, Rome, um, this is what they've given me. Like, how should I approach it? And he's like, yo, how many videos do they want? How long is each video? Mm-hmm. How many people are going to be involved? How many mics are you going to need? I'm like, shit, if I didn't hit you, I would have told these people, give me, you know what, give me a couple dollars. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't you just jumping on money just because a name is attached to it. They right. I've learned that before. It's like you give a number and then they'll hold out on so much things and they want like special effects and a Star Trek spaceship to fly through the thing, like all this other <laughs> stuff. And like, well, for a thousand dollar budget, a thousand dollars to you right now might be a lot of money, but in a grand scope no. of things, it's like, that's like a hundred dollars because that'll be gone. Right. A thousand dollars isn't much, especially when you put in, when you put into effect, I mean, you put into like, like the budget, the time, the things you might have to rent. Anything after the afterwards, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's a lot. Right. Um, and like, I, that, like I said, it's just a hard time for me to adjust like to the idea of even like leaving my day job with a structured pay. Um, I took a lot of time off this past month and some change. I traveled a lot. I was in D.C. I was in Reno. Got a couple of the trips coming up, and I haven't really been paying attention to my day job. So my last check came in, and I looked and was like, oh, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> Where the rest of that? And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I haven't really been doing that. But you know what? I have been shooting in the interim, so I got a couple grand on the way. Right. But you know how that goes when you're dealing with these bigger brands or these bigger clients. It's a situation where I'm like, all right, yeah, I should have this money coming in any day now. And it's been 34 days. And it's like, damn, the cable bill still do, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, 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 a, it's a hard transition I have to deal with because before you make that, but I can't speak for anybody else, but before I make that jump, I have to make sure that I am financially disciplined and financially, like, prepared. Right. Because... I, I go on whims. Rome knows. We was in um we was in Toronto. We walked into a sneaker store and I was like, yo, let me get these three pair of sneakers. And then had to stop myself when he bought them out. Like, right, you know what? Hold on. Right. Yeah, Hold I'm on. glad you said financially disciplined because that's more important than I don't want to say more important, but a lot of people feel like, oh, I can't quit my job or, or become an entrepreneur until I'm financially stable. Now, obviously, I would recommend that, yes, you be financially stable, but I know that's not how I did it. I literally jumped off the building, butt naked, no money, really didn't have any savings and no clients. Like I had thir- had one month of savings when I quit my job and I left of almost five figure bonus on the table because I knew if I stayed at that job and got that money, I was not leaving. Um, So it really does come down to your discipline. And that was poor as hell that first year. But sometimes you do have to jump before you're ready and hope that the parachute comes together on your way down. Um, But a lot of people, they do stay in a job because they're not ready to go out there and pitch for business. They're not ready to do the hunting part of entrepreneurship uh, just yet. And I think that's going to be a big part of your business because a lot of the inbound stuff that you've talked about uh, so far and offline, it's not really lucrative because a lot of times it doesn't even come through. So you got to like really go out there and generate business. And then when you say, you know, you've been waiting for checks 34, however many days, 
a company will tell you, oh, it'll take this long before you get your check, but you have to really negotiate that structure into all of your deals. Like you have to say, no, it needs to be net 30, means, meaning on that 30th day, I should have my money, not whenever you guys feel like processing it. Right. right, I get that completely. And you also, at the end of the day, it's like you know, you I get the I get that you know sometimes you're scared, but I know that when I got when I got laid off from work, laid off from Goldman Sachs, all that stuff. Like you, when you're put in a position where you have to find money, that will spark you like no other. Like that will make you think of every possible way mm-hmm. to like basically find money. Like. I was shooting so many things. I was shooting things that I didn't want to shoot, but I had to shoot it to get it done. But you get to a point where you start, like I like I said, you start brainstorming things. Like I, I've done like photo booth. I had a, a photo booth company. I've done, I did videos. I was I was going to different clients and I was working. At the end of the day, I feel like it's, it's better. It's a little bit better when you are put in a position where you don't have money. Mm-hmm. That'll put you in a grind and like serious, serious grind mode. To the point where you are trying to make your money and you're going to make your money. If you have enough you have drive, no choice. Right. You have no choice. So it's like you have to pay these bills. At first, like I feel like if you don't have money, that'll make you minimize. Like with me, when I don't have money, I minimize. I go through all my bills mm-hmm. and I minimize all the dumb shit. I used to have subscriptions, like subscription boxes, like um, Birch Box for Men and stuff like Like little things. Like mm-hmm. little things that adds up $20 a month, $40 a month. That Spending money on sneakers and clothes and stuff like that. That will make you minimize all the bullshit that you're doing to the point where you're 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 basically on a need basis. Like you really need this and that's it. And then right. after that you can start. I mean you'll you'll just start doing more. Like at the end of the day, if you don't have a job, you have more time to shoot. And that's my thing too. It's like I've been doing this for nine years straight and uh, like That's amazing. I, all I had, all I've been doing is shooting day and like every day I've been shooting. I've been working, I've been grinding, and that's something that I would never have been able to do if I had a regular job. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to fly all these places, fly around the world and do all these things. You know how we do, like we fly, like we go around these places. I have a lot of free time and I, and I work a lot, but I wouldn't be able to do this with the job, like at all. Like I'm right. making a great, great salary now. Like it took me nine years to get to like the salary that I wanted to, and I'm still trying to get like on some more bread, like right? Twelve thousand dollars a month type shit. I'm trying to really aim. I'm trying to get a Tesla out here up in mm-hmm. California. Like that's the type of shit I'm. I'm that's the type of shit I'm trying to be on. But right. you have to grind. You have to think about just literally anything and everything you can do that's off the beaten path. I mean, that is you know what I mean. Like it's like you got to find different things that people aren't doing. I was doing like realty photography. I know a lot of people wasn't doing that. Especially a lot of black people wasn't doing that. But I was doing that in Harlem, and I had a lot of business. I still have a lot of business. I mean, so that's another side hustle. Like you gotta find these, you gotta find these little, these paths and and, and capitalize on it. A hundred percent. You know me, Rome. Like before, I even really got serious about the photography. I was on my hustle grind. You know about the accessory line that I have. Um, I think that one of my issues as well is just being in my own way. The stigma of not being able to take care of myself. You know, I take care of my mom's. That that's a serious stigma in a situation like like for me but another thing that stands in my way is me because it's hard for me to like like i'm like a kid with adhd i have 150,000 amazing ideas and i may try to start three or four of them at a time and then when i look back it's like shit ain't enough time to complete one of them yeah that's the thing too ain't no multitasking finish one thing do it one thing at a time 
And I wouldn't characterize yourself as ADHD, although that could be true, but you have to start seeing yourself as a creative. Right. You are a creative. You aren't getting these ideas because you can't focus. You're getting these ideas because this is natural for you. Right. And it's a good thing because some people, I know a lot of people who don't have any ideas. None. They have none. <laughs> what do you want to do? And they're like, I just want to work a city job. Like I have this, like that's like, that's the, that's the end of the road to them. Like that's just right. like, this is their, this is their, like their life. This is what they strive to be. Like apparently after this is what they, this is what they want to do. Like at least with you, you, you know, you can do an accessory line. You know, you can do video, you know, you can do photography, you know, you can do this and that. We know that we can, do, we, we can do these other things. A lot of people, they don't even know that they can like build, like do anything. That like, they're capable. Yeah, like they're, they're not even trying. At least you're like formulating these things in your mind. Some people aren't that creative and they're stuck. The fact that you're actually able to do it is good. You just have to find a way to like to structure it to the point where you can finish, you can start one thing, see how that goes, or solidify that, move on to the next thing, see how that goes, and keep doing it until something pops. Or keep or do it to the point where something was, was self-sustained. And, and move on to the next thing and have that thing going on. Like, I, you know, I was selling stickers, travel stickers. I was selling travel T-shirts. I was making, like, all this stuff gold. Like, these are things that still happen. It's like residual income. Like, you know, you got to just keep right. on going. Right. You can't um, be scared at the end of the day. Like, you just got to, you know, sometimes it's scary because it is crazy out here, especially living in New York. It's like, it's nuts. Shit is expensive, bro. But, I mean, like, if, 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 like, if we're not examples of, like, you can do it, then I don't know what else you could do. Like, you know what I mean? Like Joe, like Pete just came out here and he see like he's like, "Yo, you made it." I'm like, "I ain't make it." I, I, I mean, I've made it out it. the hood, but I mean, it, we can all do it. You just gotta get on your ground and take this. Like, you have to take it really, really seriously. Like, I take this, and I was just thinking about this earlier today. I was like, "I what I, whatever I do, I take it so serious. If I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it eventually. It's gonna happen." Mm-hmm. Like people, like you know how long I've been talking about being by coastal and being and coming right. to LA. We I've been saying it the first while, time we was out there for Grammys. But I straight, I, I, I did it. Like this is what yeah. I'm trying to do. If I say I'm gonna get a Tesla, I'm gonna get a Tesla. I, I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Straight up, right. like you gotta just go hard and just don't be scared because it can happen. And when it does happen, like I see a lot of people on Instagram and stuff like that, and not to be comparing to them, but I mean I see them and I'm like. Damn, like he's really doing it up. Like they're doing it up. I'm trying to be on that type of shit. Right. I definitely get it. Um, so, Sakita, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How do you, what, what kind of tips can you give to our listeners about staying out of your own way? I think staying out of your own way is a daily practice. I know it is for me because there's so many little things that, little habits that we have and little nuances. And the way we behave is, in a lot of ways, is to protect ourselves, right? Is to keep us safe and in this little comfort zone. So I think the the best thing you can do is be self-aware. If you're aware, like you are, like you just described, of here's how I get in my way, that's that's one step to kind of changing course and, and reversing that. So recognize the things that you do that hinder your progress or get in the way of your success. And then prioritize the, the ones that you actually care about changing and then map out what that change looks like. For instance, like if you know that as a photographer, every time you meet someone, there's a chance that you can secure a new client, but you turn down 98% of event or industry invitations, the way to get out of your own way is to start saying yes. 
And it's not about being in the mix or being on the red carpet and going to the opening of an envelope. It's saying, I'm going to go to more events and I don't want to be here because I'm an introvert. So I'm going to stay 30 minutes max, but I'm going to meet three new people every single time. And then I'm going to leave. Yeah, to put me out there like that, though. I, that's for me too. I, the <laughs> photographer thing, don't take it personal. That's for me too. Because I just, I told you this, I don't like being in the mix. But as a publicist, when I do go out, I know that I'm meeting potential clients. I just don't like it. I, I never have. So when yeah. I, now when I go out, that's my strategy. It's like, if I can get a, a sense of who's going to be there, then I can e- be even more strategic. Okay, I need to go introduce myself to that person. I need to have them introduce me to him or her. And then I'm leaving. Because that's what feels natural to me. Right. That makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Got to get on it, bro. I'm working on it, man. So um, last question I really have for you is um, when are we going to shoot? What? <laughs> that's personal. When are y'all going to shoot? It's a key I'm to completely ignoring that. So I hope you have another last question. <laughs> so we won't go we, we won't go too too in depth about that Rome, but um You can. No, no, no. We we all right, so here's the deal, right? So that whole anecdote that she just gave about um not liking to be at the industry events and all that. Like Rome used to be one of the event goers when the events were popping. I used to do the events every so often and so on and so forth. Um but um I no longer have really have the interest of just like being out around a bunch of people I probably one can't stand or two I know they're fake as fuck and there's really no reason for me to be in that company because that's not the type of company in which like lucrative relationships and like building grows in so I try not to do that and she's like well you know as a photographer you know you need to be out brushing shoulders and shaking hands and shit so people can see your face. And she's like, I, well, I'm like, yeah, you know, I understand it. But what about you? you you're the PR person. People need to know that you're behind this push for love, lot of body. People got to know that you behind the push for this brand or that brand. Or you're responsible for this marketing campaign or that marketing campaign. But even if they do know, they don't know what you look like because you don't like to have your picture taken. Mm-hmm. Or or when you're, sending out, uh, when you're sending out a kit, a media kit. And you're trying to get maybe a comp room for, for a vacation or something or another. It's like super impersonal to not send a headshot or something attached to it. And she's like, well, you know, I don't like pictures. But no, but you go on, the, you go on her Instagram. I said, you are right. You are correct. <laughs> let's not let's not change the story here. I said, you're you right. On Instagram, you got you the selfie queen. You're wrong. Oh, come wrong. on. You know, you know, I used to take the selfies wrong. I need MCM podcast listeners to not believe this bullshit. The selfie queen, (laughs) though, really? I got about four pictures up there. (laughs) That's it. Bruh, her her appearance on the show was was tentative based on whether or not she had to take a picture. Wow. Wow. Wow Wow. Wow is right, Rome. Yes, say that a little louder, Rome. Wow. We just carrying out all the dirty laundry. He going there now. I'm not taking no pictures. But I'm going to keep it a buck. I respect it because I don't like having my picture taken either. And now the truth so, comes out. It's but, the truth. No, but, but that's why I'm a as, photographer. As a publicist, let me say, 
Having a headshot is very important. It's probably one of the most important things that you can do as in any type of creative entrepreneur, small business person that wants to be in the mix, so to speak. If you want to do speaking gigs, if you want to be considered for media opportunities, if you want your business featured, having I, you can have a photo of your product, but people want to see you, as Joe said. So I am I understand the importance of it, but I also know that I can control and have controlled my business in a way that doesn't require me to be on the stage, so to speak, but with my podcast and as that kind of gains in popularity, I now know that I, I have to move beyond whatever my issues are with being in front of a camera. And I'm in the process of doing that. Haven't been successful at it yet, but in time, it'll, it'll happen. But this is this is a true story, y'all. So I met Sakita for the first time in person earlier this year at a luncheon that I was shooting for, for a major brand, right? And I'll be 250% honest with you. I followed her on Twitter. And I think I was following her on Instagram, and I did not know who the fuck she was. That is amazing. That is she was that's like, perfect. She was to like, me. "Hey," and I was like, "Hey, you." <laughs> <laughs> hey, she walked away. I went over to the, a couple other people. I was like, who the fuck is that? That's hilarious. <laughs> and they told me who she was. I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, it's about time we meet each other." I can't. I can't. <laughs> but, but yo, yeah. also real shit. It's like. Yo, if your work stands out more than you, that's even better. Like, you know, I don't take pictures either, but I mean, I don't take like a lot of pictures either. But if my work stands out and they know my name. Right. That's more important. But having a to Joe's point, having a photo, uh, a press ready photo is of the utmost importance. It hasn't been a top priority for me, but. I mean, you definitely need something, but I oh, mean, absolutely. you don't have to, don't have to like, throw your face out there on some crazy shit like Joe, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like I said, if you have more selfies than product, then, you know what I mean? Cause I know a lot of people who tweet, who take a lot of pictures and their product is lackluster. So it's like, get your work together. Like I would rather be known by my work. Cause I, I know a lot of people that, I know a lot of photographers who I've known them by their work and I've, and I've never seen them before. Mm-hmm. Facts. And actually, it's uh, it's amazing, but I because but I know their work. It's like I know their name and I know their work, and I rather see that than I don't need to see them. Like you know, what I mean, right. I, I, I want they I want to see their work. Yeah. I think it's I think it's very industry specific too. As a photographer, you it's it's less important for you to have a headshot unless you're doing some media type opportunities, unless you're mm-hmm. doing speaking gigs. But in most industries, it's you know you definitely can, especially mine and mm-hmm. what with what I'm doing now. Um, there's been a lot of opportunities I've had to pass on because I don't like being in front of a camera or on the stage um, in that way. So right. I that's one way that I know for a fact that I get in my own way. That's I, I mean I mean. But let's 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 use this connection of the minds and of and of the resources to our benefit, right? You got Rome, he's an amazing photographer. You got me, I'm alright. We got Sakita Holly, she she's Queen PR and all that. Let's 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 brainstorm offline and see what we can do to try to make or uh, create a platform for not only Sakita, but for our, our listeners um to to have access to resources such as ourselves. We don't need to brainstorm. I have a perfect idea for you. I got an idea. We're going to talk about it off the line. I got an idea too, but I'm just not spreading my shit all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that from Rome. Let I me tell you something. Sakita, let me tell you something. Rome is a mother effing ninja. Okay. Rome, what? 
a ninja. ninja. That's how you gotta be. Yeah. Rome. You be sitting there talking to Rome like, yo, Rome, what's good? Everything good, bro. Yo, I was thinking about this trip I was about to take. Yeah, man, I'm not I'm not taking no trips. I'm focused. Hit him two days later. Yo, Rome, where you at? Packing my bags and I'm going to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, I, I mean, I just love that. I just love that type of stunt, but that's another thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you, got, I mean, listen, you gotta make you gotta make more moves and less and say less. So what's what's that? What's the saying? Like say less, do more. Yes, there and, it goes. Right, say less and do more. There's a lot of people who talk a lot of stuff. They talk, 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 but their work, like their product, their everything is lackluster as fuck, and they're mm-hmm. not really doing nothing. I would rather make moves. Like my way of stunting is making moves. Like mm-hmm. if I'm I'm constantly on a plane. I live in LA now. Like it's crazy. I'm coming back on Saturday. Like that's the type of moves I'm trying to do. <clears throat> like you never know what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm, I'm working with these with, with clients that I'm still trying to build with, and I'm putting out this stuff. Like I'm reworking my whole thing to the point where, you know, you don't have to you don't have to see me doing anything. Just look at my Instagram. I'm putting up these pictures, and I'll let you know when I'm doing something crazy. Like that's right. it. Exactly, man. I think this is I think this is um beautiful. Let's just let's just close out the show by um I think I think that we give people um some type of influence. I think we have some type of influence over our listeners and we um inspire them to some in some way shape or form. So let's just close out by by speaking on something that we plan on doing within the next 6 months. So we'll start with Sakita since she's the guest. Sure. Um well, one of the things that I plan on doing over the next six months is hopefully working on my hesitance um, and whatever issue I have about being in front of a camera because I do understand how important that is. And maybe, I know Joe, we've talked about this. Maybe you can help me with that. But also, I'll give another thing is really just taking my podcast hashtags and stilettos to the next level. And you know I'm going to hold you to that. What about you, Ron? Um, me? So I've been out here. I've been brainstorming. I feel like I want to try to start a cooperative photo studio in New York, like in Harlem or something like that. Because I'm thinking now, like, it's getting colder and I'm I'm coming back and I really don't have nowhere to shoot. Like, we have, like, our studio that we used to shoot at in Long Island City, but right. we don't shoot there anymore and they're raising their prices and it's getting out of control. So Hold I'm on. Thinking, they're raising them again? Yeah, they, they rose them again. So it's like, Jesus. it's literally just kind of like, now it's like... It used to be good, but now it's like it's unattainable. It's not. It's not really realistic. So I'm trying to figure out a way to like get someone to like invest to find a nice loft spot that's big enough for like one, maybe two studios, and then kind of just have that as a space where we can shoot at. Like I like I had before that space on Linux. So I'm trying to like right. to do that. And my second thing is basically trying to um, build my production my production site and my business, like basically hiring more shooters, like photographers and videographers so I can like hire them so they can travel with me to these places and, you know, do these award shows and stuff like that, build a team so like I can like just build this empire. That's awesome. Yeah. More shit. And I'll say for my my goal overall, um which has been the same for the past year since actually since last October when we went to Dubai, we, we discussed that last episode. Um, I'm definitely going to be leaving the country at least four times a year. And I'm, I'm, I'm making it, I'm definitely sticking to it. I've already got two well, three trips planned for next year, two out of the country, one within the um, intercontinental U S 
and um, I'm working on Cuba, so that'll be three. Um, professionally, I plan on leveling up. I don't want to discuss how I'm really going to be leveling up, but it's going to be um, in the artistic way in terms of photo and video. I've got something that I should be coming out with before the end of this year, so I'll be glad to share that with y'all soon. Ooh, secrets. Secrets. <laughs> um, and also at the same time, um, I think I'm bringing back my accessory line, y'all. I think I'm, br- I'm bringing it back in a um, very limited state um, and very limited quantities. It's going to be online only, but um, the pieces are going to be real. Like, you got to be on it. You got to have the money ready when, when they drop. Um, and what's your, and what's your last what's your last thing we, we spoke about it already what's your last goal that you have to do I'm gonna he make some forgot. friends I'm gonna make some friends no, no I'm gonna keep in touch I'm gonna keep in touch with all the people that um no no oh, quit my job quit my job no what y'all talking about you have homework oh I'm gonna reach out to Nathan Gold and I said I'm gonna keep in touch with the people that exactly. I meet exactly you need to reconnect I'm I'm re I'm fuck reconnecting. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, just yeah, stay connected. Okay. I'm gonna stay connected moving forward. Um, and I hope that everyone that's listening can take something from this, man. Um, the goal I don't know if this is y'all goal, but I know as a young African American man that's an entrepreneur, the goal is to make sure that my bank account don't ever go into overdraft again. And I'd be a motherfucking liar to tell you that didn't happen this year. So I'm not working hard enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Is that still so, my hat? Is, still my, is that still my Twitter? My Twitter thing too? I don't know. That was a while ago, but I think I, I kept that. That's forever. I'm keeping. I'm that. telling you, my. I'm telling you, I'm gonna make sure my shit don't go into overdraft no more. Yeah, it's not about the overdraft. And, and um, we 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 gonna work to bring y'all things that make sure that y'all can make sure that your bank accounts don't go into overdraft anymore. Anyway, but let's wrap this up. Um, thank you all once again for listening to the one and only Man Crush Mondays podcast. This is African as Joe. This is by Coastal Rome. And Sakita. <laughs> Y'all should have told me to be ready for the outro. Like, come on. Oh no, nah, you just gotta you gotta be bam bam boom. You gotta be ready. It's not on camera. It's I mean it's here you go. Okay. <laughs> I think right, I'm y'all. done, y'all. <laughs> Thank y'all all for listening. Um hopefully we were able to introduce you to someone that you should you, you should be following her. So before we let it go, we want you miss holly to give everyone your social media tags what are they sure it's miss success that's m-i-s-s success on twitter instagram and on snapchat uh just add an extra s at the end not on facebook uh, 